You're listening to the Cars of Carlisle podcast episode number 119, Road Trip, California Pacific Coast Highway. Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Darren and his CFC team are ever searching for interesting automotive happenings, real stories about real car people, and fun features to inform and entertain you. Each week, the Cars of Carlisle crew brings you show topics ranging from car shows to team adventures to auto racing weekends to behind-the-scenes human interest stories from car nuts that live across town, across the country, or even across the globe. Come join the road trip. Today, right along in a 2019 Mustang convertible, two members of the CFC team as they embark on an open road vacation. And fulfilling a bucket list journey through this road trip, the team members flew to LAX and spent a week on US State Route 1, traveling north to San Francisco and then back again to Los Angeles. With over 1,400 miles logged and some incredible sightseeing along the way, hear about navigating the Pacific Coast Highway from a drop-top pony car. Side trips and stops along the way included WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, Monterey, Modesto, Malibu, San Jose, and Yosemite National Park. It's time to go out to the left coast and cruise along the Pacific seaside. So, let's get revved up! Hello and welcome back, Cubers, to your favorite informative automotive podcast. I am your trusted host, Darren. And in the passenger seat is the lovely... Miss Jay. Miss Jay, thanks for being here. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. We just got off the plane last night, very late in Dallas. And uh, this episode, we wanted to tell you a little bit about our our impromptu vacation. We were going to head out of the country, right? Yeah, we're going to head out of the country, but unfortunately, no one wants us. So <laughs> we have to stay within the confines of the United States. That's right. Yeah. And we had planned this trip pre-COVID, essentially. So... Um, with that, we had to use our, our airline credits for something else, and we decided to make a vacation that checked the box on two uh, lifetime uh, things we wanted to achieve, and that was kind of a road trip, that uh, bucket list, if you will, to drive up along the coast of uh, California on the PCH, the Pacific Coast Highway. Yeah, it's something I've always wanted to do, and so what better time than during this pandemic pandemic where you have to essentially refrain from being around others so we just decide to rent a car and we knew there was no large gatherings essentially we were in our convertible and other than uh, hitting an in and out burger or maybe grabbing a bite to eat at an outdoor seating type uh, restaurant we were pretty much we didn't really get around large groups of people we studied our had our masks on and and followed all the cdc guidelines and did everything to the full extent but uh and in a way, you had never really done a big road trip like this, correct? Nope, never done a big road trip. And actually, 1,400 miles of which oh, you, you of drove driving, some of that. So. But it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, on Friday alone, a couple of days ago, we drove nonstop. I think we put 450 or 500 miles down that day, just heading all the way back to the L.A. area. But we saw some amazing things. I, I you know, For me, you'll hear different things as we talk about this, about the cars we saw, the sights we saw, and a lot of that. But before we get into our uh, kind of recounting our road trip and having you come along with us virtually on that, let's do this trivia question. And that is the Pacific Coast Highway runs pretty much from San Diego all the way up. How many miles is that road? And we'll have that answer in a little bit here. 
So, Miss J, talk a little bit about what you've, I mean, we, we can almost go through our itinerary. We landed in LAX and we, it was late at night and we went to the Alamo rental desk and I had booked, <laughs> we planned this trip in under a week. In fact, uh, I think three or four days as a matter of fact. And uh, I had booked the, I wanted a, a convertible Mustang, looked at different things. I had inadvertently put down the wrong dates, had to cancel it, thought I had hit submit, had so many emails and confirmations in my inbox and we were trying to scramble to get things done before we left. Uh, it was a miss. It was a mistake. And we got to the desk and it was the, the store manager, branch manager said, I don't have a reservation for you. <laughs> but you really lucked out because, so essentially you just said, well, okay, I just need a convertible car. Right. And she said, you, I'm not sure if we have any. So we walked out the really door and the, they had just finished washing the car. In fact, uh, Graphite gray Mustang EcoBoost convertible. Now, yeah, I know it's a turboed four-cylinder, but I was quite impressed because when we got back to LAX, I checked our uh, onboard computer. We had averaged 28.9 miles per gallon for the 1,400 miles. Now, that's pretty good considering that I did put my foot into it a lot. I had it in sport mode. I was paddle shifting to 10 speed, <laughs> and I was certainly launching us onto every freeway on-ramp possible. So I wasn't exactly driving it uh, gingerly. <laughs> You can corroborate for that. Oh, yeah. You were not. <laughs> um, we stayed the first night in Santa Monica, which was pretty cool. We didn't see much of it. We just, it was just a place to crash. Mm -hmm. uh, not literally, but <laughs> for the night. And then, so the road trip officially began the next day. We drove up the Pacific Coast Highway. We went, of course, through Malibu mm -hmm. and up to Santa Barbara. And that's where we stopped. Mm -hmm. had, some, had to have some fresh, fresh fish tacos. Just like, I mean, it's quintessential. So I had that. You had quesadillas. That was a, what, a Royos. Was the name of place? Yeah, the place we went to was called Royos. Los and, and Royos, yeah. Mm -hmm, and it was um, dine out only, which was wonderful. Yeah. Just what we needed. Sit and on the sidewalk there. And it was um, bubbly. It was like a bubbly little town of Santa, Santa, Santa Barbara. Barbara. Yeah. yeah, lots of people were out. It wasn't too crowded, though. So Architecture it, was really beautiful. Oh, it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We drove up into the hills to some of the residential areas and everything, but it really a nice area. Looked like they had a lot of uh, theaters. Mm, of course, right. they were closed, but yeah. you could clearly like see that. Like the old that school, like 1930s, 1940s, mm -hmm. like the heyday of cinema, when they had a lot of downtown theaters. And it seemed like they all competed because it was like voted best in 2019. Mm -hmm. They had certain signs and posters out. And some, like even an opera house, I believe. Yes, there was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And of course, a lot of missions, of Spanish missions everywhere as we went. But yeah, that was that was definitely a good stop. It's something um, very interesting. As we were traveling up the Pacific Coast Highway, we noticed the Santa Barbara, Santa Maria, and then you know San Jose Santa, yeah. and the San. So we were kind of, we were curious, you know, what's <laughs> up with the San and the Santas? Right. So we looked that up, and apparently it just means saint. And the the female saints are called Santas, right? And the male saint are called Sans. That's correct. Yeah. And we noticed a lot of cars along the way. Of course, you you see a couple Ferraris. Saw some Lamborghinis. Um, saw in particular um, some beautiful, um, like uh, vintage and classic customs and, and everything along those lines. But we, the one as we're coming out of LA, I noticed that there must have been, I think it was Sunday, must have been a Honda S2000 Club. We saw no less than 150 or 200 mm -hmm. Honda S2000s mm -hmm. all, all years, all different mods. Um, and they were just parked along the way, alongside the road. Over on the, the beach pullouts, uh, 
like to like drag racing. They were everywhere. So it had to have been like the Southern Cal S2000 clubs all converged. It was amazing to see all that. And you, mm-hmm. you counted, started counting all the Volkswagen camper vans. Oh, goodness. Yeah, much later in the trip, as we were coming down through um, bottom of San Francisco down to Big Sur, we saw a lot of the mm-hmm. Volkswagen camper vans, mm-hmm. the you know, very iconic um, vans. Mm-hmm. Maybe about four or five of them I saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really neat, too, just to, because of California being a relatively rust-free state, seeing some uh, 65 Impalas, you see... Uh, 58 Ford pickups and, and different forms of being customized or rotted out at ROD, not ROT, but yeah, you know, <laughs> hot rods and uh, just really cool to give everybody thumbs up as we pass them or hitting the other way. And uh, that Southern Cal car scene is, is definitely uh, can't, can't beat it. And you saw a lot of expensive cars too, didn't you? Have? Oh uh, yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, for instance, you saw the, uh, the Huracans and uh, you know, some Aston Martins and uh, a lot of I, I noticed that there are a lot of Alfa Romeos and, and just man, incredible cars everywhere mm-hmm. we went. Uh, then we had on I guess the next day we worked up further north and we got up towards Monterey, which in my mind was one of my favorite stops. Agreed. What a beautiful mm-hmm. area! You can tell that there's again, I know they have a lot of elegance uh, uh, events and what have you there, but just there's a lot of money, there's a lot of uh, wealth, but just. Um, what a neat area. Uh, we went down to Fisherman's Wharf, out to the pier, um, spent some time walking around there. And then, of course, what did we do? But the uh, three-hour tour, as we joked about. The three-hour well tour. Oh, three Which tour. went almost three and a half, four hours. <laughs> we did really well until we got further and further out of the harbor and out of the bay and out into the open ocean. And then it got very choppy. And when the deckhand said, oh, it's kind of rough today, we're like, yeah. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite rough. But we... We saw everything we really wanted to see within the first hour and a half. We saw lots of sea lions, sea lions yeah. seals, seals, and then the main attraction were the humpback whales. Oh, yeah. And we were so fortunate, too. We saw two breaches, mm-hmm. and the first one was really magical because it was so close to the – it was on the starboard side of the boat, and it came up and fully out of the water. And, and the, the one deckhand said, you may see one of those per month on their tours. So we were pretty pretty blessed. Mm-hmm. It's pretty spectacular to see something like that. And, um, yeah, so ba- about an hour and a half into it, though, it started getting really choppy, and <laughs> I got a little sick. And I was doing my best trying to keep it down. You did? Yeah, I did. I did a really good job. And then I honestly, if you were feeling like a 8 or 9 out of 10 bad, I must have been feeling like a 5 or 6. But it was enough where um, we both went indoors and put our heads down on the, <laughs> on the crew tables and just, like, don't talk to us. We just want to get through this. <laughs> Why the crew hand? He was so sweet. He gave us each ginger candy trying to settle our stomachs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we made it back to shore. We did. Mm-hmm. We did. It was a great experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really was. Uh, and then we, let's see, later that afternoon, you indulged me and we drove to the entrance of the WeatherTech racetrack at Laguna Seca mm-hmm. and that being at the raceway, just being able to get some photos at the entrance and, and Scott will help us out. We'll put some of these things out on Instagram, but uh, we didn't get far into that. And then we knew to come back on Friday. So we'll come around to that on the, the overall agenda, but mm-hmm. and such an amazing track um, with of course, just distinct turns and, and uh, known for the corkscrew section of the track, 
but a really great place. We noticed you had been out that way in 2019 in the springtime. Mm-hmm. We saw you saw particularly a very distinct difference. It was very dried up. Very this time around. Yes, this wildfires trip, and everything prevalent. So dry. Everything was crunchy. The grass was crunchy. <laughs> everything was brown. Yeah. But quite different last year in the springtime. Everything was very very green. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's probably like that every springtime. Mm-hmm. Very green. By comparison, though, wow, it was just so dry and we'll talk a little bit more about that sure. as we got to the national park mm-hmm. yeah we certainly saw saw a different side of things but uh oh let's not forget about we were on the fisherman's wharf pier and had one of our i think one of our best meals we ate at um crabby jim's for dinner remember that mm-hmm. that was just really and it was a shame too because if we had been able to eat inside the whole one side of their restaurant is nothing but glass and you can look out onto the bay, and you can see the, the waves crashing on the rocks. And uh, we had to sit outdoors, and the outdoor seating was just right along the pier, among all the t-shirt shops and the souvenir shops. But it was still fun and nice. Fun and nice, and not to mention the all-day happy hour special. Yes, yes, that's, <laughs> that's true. my favorite part. You were happy. About that. <laughs> you were happy for at least an hour. <laughs> and then uh, we hit the Monterey. Uh, was it Monterey Bay Creamery? I guess it was for ice cream. Oh, yeah. Oh, creamery for ice gosh. cream. Gosh, we had some great ice cream. Grabbed some ice cream, and then we went along the the bay. We we just did some watching of the bay, the water, and you could see the whole Fisherman's Wharf mm-hmm. from where we were standing. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. quite beautiful. And it was sunset, too. That's even all the more. <laughs> all the better part of it. Absolutely. Um, and then... We'd say, I think, was the Hotel Abrego, which is, if, you, if you're in the Monterey area, great place. We stayed there. We get, I think we hit In-N-Out Burgers at least twice. Had Maybe to. more. Whenever I mean, it was, a, it was a requirement. Yeah, it's a re- requirement. It's such a simple menu. Like five <laughs> things on a <laughs> right, menu. Right. So you can't get confused. Which we tried Jack in the Box. And oh, we're, just, we're not going to say anything. because okay, If you can't say anything. something nice, don't say anything at all. Right. But we're just going <laughs> to talk about In-N-Out, which was right. great. Yes. In-N-Out. Is, what do we is, have, the double-double? We had the double-double. We did that twice. We made a, a quad-quad, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With fries and um, just that beverage. It's mm. simple. Like, mm-hmm. literally five things on a menu. Mm-hmm. There are burgers, a burger. You can get it single or double. double yep. Fry. Drink. Can't mess it up. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got real good at uh, driving in the wind, in the, with the top down, eating my In-N-Out burger. <laughs> and I like how they ask you, will that be for takeout or in-car? And at first we're like, what? You know, like, because you can't go into the facilities, but it's in car. They give it to you in essentially like a little boat, little cardboard tray. That's that, right. So you kind of have your own little trough as you eat. And yes. You drive. <laughs> so cute. And uh, particularly during the pandemic, we have to tell you if this is a pro tip. If you're making a road trip like this and you're doing it safely with your mask and all of that, um, because you can't just go into any roadside gas station and use the bathroom. You or can't, any restaurant. Right. You can't just go inside and use the restaurant. If you're drinking those big 20-ounce sodas from a fast food place, you're going to eventually have to find a restroom and have to think ahead on that. So, so you want to talk a little bit about what we did? Well, we just figured, okay, well, if we can't go into um, a restaurant, we can't go into a convenience store to use the restroom because they had them sealed off. You couldn't go in. So we said, hmm, where can we go? Target. <laughs> so, GPS every time, right to Target. And then we mixed it up a little bit. We did, we, did, we did Lowe's. Oh, we did Lowe's. And then we thought, well, we got to keep it keep it balanced. Right. So to be judicious, we hit at Home Depot. Home Depot. So, <laughs> I think once we did a way. We, like, we like the Lowe's because if you're in a hurry, they're up front. 
Home Depot, they're back on the side. That's so, right. So if you are making a you know making a quick stop, you really got to go, go with Lowe's or Definitely. Target. <laughs> but Target's better because they always have Starbucks and stuff. I was gonna say yeah. for everything, all the fluids we got rid of, we would replenish those That's, with coffee. So. It's important. <laughs> <laughs> We're cycling that through. Yeah, we sure did do that. And then uh, let's see, we headed up to the capital of Silicon Valley to San Jose, and. Uh, you took some great photos there, particularly of the, the graffiti and the murals. and Lots of graffiti mur- murals there mm-hmm. in San Jose. Beautiful colors, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Vibrant. Really Very vibrant. nice. But we had a, we did, we tried to, as we got to these cities, Santa Monica, San Jose, San Francisco, we tried to park and, and do a lot of uh, kind of tour by foot where we could. We walked several miles each time, um, but we did quite a bit of uh, walking around. Mm-hmm. Walking around, and then um, eventually we decided, hey, we're going to head for those mountains over there. Mm-hmm. So we took a drive up, up oh, a mountain Oh, that's right. I forgot side. about that. We did do that. Yeah. So we Winding little down. road. You oh, kept, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was very windy. You were driving from the passenger seat. And there were zero, what do you call it, side guard. Yeah, there was no guardrails. Zero. All. Yeah, if you if you missed the turn, you're A, going to rip the entire underside of your vehicle out, if not <laughs> plunge to your fiery death. So it was... <laughs> Yeah, my heart was thumping, I got to tell you. We were at least, <laughs> I don't know, 15 to 2,000 feet above uh, above the valley floor. It was up there. And the houses were just built on the cliffs. Mm-hmm. Great photos. We mm-hmm. took some beautiful shots. Let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose. Oh, so the Winchester Mystery House is um, quite an interesting find. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had I, I'd seen I'd seen a show about the Winchester Mystery House not too long ago, and I did not realize that the Winchester Mystery House was located in San San Jose. Well, just to give a quick background, if mm-hmm. I can I can augment, everybody knows of course about the Winchester repeating rifle, which was very very uh, widely known as the, how the West was won, and particularly during the Civil War, the Union Army used the Winchester. The, the uh, Confederates didn't have it as readily available. It was a superior, yeah, right. It was a superior weapon because I think it had 15 shot repeating around, what have you. So William Winchester founded the company, and then he died of tuberculosis, and enter his um, the widow Sarah, and how she was told by I guess she went to a spiritualist, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I I don't know exactly who she went to. She went to some spiritual person who told her that if she wanted to avoid death she and make up for the losses of the you know loss of the lives by the firearms that her husband mm-hmm. had made such the a huge of profit of well she would have to go out west and build a house but mm-hmm. not just build a house she'd have to keep building on that house for her entire life for her entire life I think it ended up being what 160 rooms mm-hmm. and they they worked on it for 38 consecutive years well, right the, up to her death mm-hmm. and the and the the spiritualist person, I don't know what you call it exactly, but the spiritualist person told her that in order for her to escape death, she could build this house and keep building. And that's how she could find, she was looking for eternal life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And interestingly enough, although she did die, I don't know, was she like 80 in her She had a congestive heart failure in her sleep. Was she in she her was, 80s? I believe so, yes. Well, at any rate, she did live a long life. And then her, you know, she has, she lives post- posthumously mm-hmm. through her house. Her house lives on. Mm-hmm. And so this is this major attraction in San Jose. It's called the Winchester Mystery House, and it's quite a fascinating structure. Well, just to give you an idea, because she hired, uh, she treated her her staff extremely well. In fact, 
the construction crews worked 365 days a year and literally around the clock, 24-7. They said that you could hear hammering and sawing all night long, every night, all day, every day, all night, every night. Um, she And for her 51% controlling shares of the company, she inherited from her late husband, I think it was something like $20.5 million back then. So that's 1881. Um, we checked Wikipedia. That converts to $543 million in 2019 dollars. And that for her, it was $1,000 per day income. Mm-hmm. In today's money, guess how much that is? How much? I didn't tell you. Tell me. $26,000 a day. Holy moly. So I don't know about you guys, but it might be a little hard for me to spend twenty six grand every single 24 hours. But what she did is she hired these crews and was paying them twice what the going rate was to have them essentially be her full-time construction crew. And all they did all day long and all night is build. And you thought it was interesting how she'd spend years building an entire wing mm-hmm. and then knock Tear it down, it down. Mm-hmm. and start again. That's right. She had a seven-story tower at one point. too. And also within our house, she had a um, like a seance room, and she'd visit that at midnight every night. And mm-hmm. that's where she'd get the inspiration for So she would draw her own floor plans. Mm-hmm. She'd draw them up every night, and then she'd give them to the builders, and they start building these projects. Mm-hmm. So she, it was said that she got her ideas from the spirits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, neat to uh, to know, too, that she had the very best in carriages, and, and her stables were state-of-the-art and beautiful mahogany and all these things. But then as, of course, the uh, horseless carriage and the automobile became more prevalent, what have you, then she had uh, these very um, luxurious vehicles and she would have a full-time live-in automotive uh, mechanic, essentially, that would live there and and work on her multiple vehicles and he'd be her driver. So she appreciated finer things, especially being that this is a a car-based podcast. I was really intrigued by the fact that she she was one of the first to... uh, really take on and it had some really uh, high-end vehicles that required a lot of constant maintenance too. Mm-hmm. But she uh, she was definitely an eccentric but brilliant and uh, really inspired and, and um, really uh, had a big impact on uh, quite a few folks. She really employed dozens of people for years and years and years. And she gave um, the charity a lot and mm-hmm. the children around, they liked her quite a bit and they'd come over and she even let some of the youth play her piano. Mm -hmm. So she was quite a nice, charitable woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she did good. So if you're in San Jose... uh... Unfortunately, we didn't get to see the inside of the house because it was closed because of COVID. Am I going to have to get another happy hour to make you happy? Because that's a bad memory. Yes, but but we (laughs) we toured the outside of the house and it was an interesting tour. We're just ready to see the inside and unfortunately it is closed currently. So if you plan to... If you plan to tour it at any time, you probably want to call ahead to make sure that the inside's open. Good point. Yeah. Well, then after San Jose, we decided let's go up to uh, San Francisco, and we got up to the San Francisco-Oakland area. Uh, That was pretty cool. In fact, did something I had never done. I'd been across the bridge as a kid, but we parked Mm -hmm. and uh, ended up walking about a third of the way out across the bridge on the Golden Gate, turned around and walked back. That was kind of neat how... We were getting cool pictures of Alcatraz. There were construction workers below us. Mm-hmm. And I have done some reading on it where they essentially start at one end, beginning of the year, and begin painting. And then they get to the other end, they turn around, go all the way back, start painting again. So the bridge is under a constant, almost a bit like uh, Sarah Winchester. Yeah, it's <laughs> under constant construction. It's being painted at all times. 
Absolutely. Any big memories from the San Fran, the Bay Area for you? Oh, no. It was just really neat to see Alcatraz from that point of view. Um, last year, in the spring when I went to San Francisco, I visited Alcatraz. Mm. And so I was able to see the Golden Gate Bridge from Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. And so now with a different perspective where I'm at the Golden Gate Bridge looking at mm-hmm. Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. At the rockets. So, yeah. <laughs> so very fascinating. Well, I thought uh, a really big highlight for me is, uh, in fact, the hometown for George Lucas of Star Wars fame, and, and he wrote American Graffiti. We featured, um, again, just some, some aspects of that. Candy Clark was a guest a while back. But with that, he wanted to set American Graffiti into a town that was very much like Modesto, California, his hometown. When he decided to make movies, uh, or make it into a, uh, that script into a, a movie, it was around 10, 12 years, I guess, after that, and he had thought that the town, the city had changed far too much. So he looked at other areas um, to try to get that essence of it. But it was fun for us to run around. And I can't wait to go back because mm-hmm. they're doing an American Graffiti Museum. And they're going to have some of their car replicas and some of the things. So in the year or years ahead, we'll have to definitely head back. But we had a really, again, another amazing meal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. At St. Stan's, the brewing company there. And so Modesto was very, very cute quaint town mm-hmm. um Great and people. wonderful people and in fact this is the place where i enjoyed a meal the most because i really enjoyed st stan's really nice people there that work at that craft beer tap room and the beers were super and our waitress was so sweet oh, she in was. fact a huge shout out to courtney if you're listening thank you for being so good to us and a big shout out to your dad tim we understand that tim you're a auto detailer you have your own detailing business so you understand cars and all that, and and we have to say that uh, we really enjoyed meeting your daughter, and of course even the uh, uh, Rich Hotter and his wife were there. Rich is the vice president, COO of Saint Stands, and they talked to us a little before we left, told us where we should things we should do and are up towards Yosemite, and extremely gracious hosts and just great people, and really enjoyed our stay there. It felt like instant friends in a way. Mm-hmm. So if you visit Modesto, make sure you visit Saint Stands. They're good for not just for the craft beers. Believe me, the food was amazing oh, and the dessert. I forgot about the ciders, the craft. Oh, yeah. Wow. The that blackberry thing. cider? Holy cow. Yes. Yeah. You will hurt yourself there, so just be <laughs> forewarned. <laughs> so a big shout out to our friends at St. Stan's and Modesto. We will definitely be back. In fact, Modesto is, it does have that feel of you can put yourself back 40, 50 years. And, and even to, when we were there in today's times, there were a lot of people in their cool cars, cruising up and down. You can tell that you go back, rewind 50 years, it would have been such a Mm -hmm. great scene that George Lucas definitely wanted to make the American Graffiti movies from. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, so we went back to a national park you had visited a year ago. It was the first time for me. Yes, and that's, as you can guess, it's uh, Yosemite National Park. Mm -hmm. And thank you for running the bikes. That was an excellent way to see the park. It's the way to see the park, especially COVID-19. So, um, usually they'd have, uh, you could pay to see Yosemite by a, co- a, tr- a trolley. Mm-hmm. And they'd have yeah. a park ranger who'd tell you about the different places that was not available this time. So the second best thing is by bike. Mm-hmm. And so we just rented bikes and we toured ourselves through Yosemite National Park. We saw Half Dome. Mm-hmm. We did get to see El Capitan other than from the window of our, our coach Right, bus, as, you're, as you're entering the park, um, and as you're exiting the park. But we did see climbers see. on the rock face. Oh, yeah, we amazing. sure did. And it takes them three days to, ele- to escalate. Like 
flip that. It's just, I can't get over that. Mm-hmm. But Yosemite is breathtaking, and the fact uh, that pictures never do it justice. The only thing about um, this trip to Yosemite is, I guess, is the time we went. So mm. it's, it's summer. Back to that crunchiness. Everything, yeah, we, we're back at crunchy because everything is just so dry. Bridalville Falls. There the were no falls. Yeah. Mirror Lake. Sand. Dried up. It was just sand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how about the little, we were kind of resting and relaxing on a rock. And you want to talk a little bit about our little oh. observer? So, so resting, relaxing on a rock in Yosemite National Park and some other, you know, just like a tourists. family on bikes or something. Fa- they were actually on, on foot. Oh, you're right. You're and, right. They, and as I looked over, the family on foot, they looked like they were scrambling. They kept looking back behind them. And then one of the tourists turned up toward us and he said, hey, I, I just want to let you know that just a few yards that way, there's a black bear. And that was all he needed to say. I was off that rock. And sure enough, and we, sure saw enough we saw he the black bear. He poked his head around and he lanky little thing. He looked like he left his mom not too long ago. He was curious, saw us, and then he was scared and just like took off into the bush. And but, I was glad he took off that way because <laughs> I, I was afraid he was going to take he off He would have climbed us. any rock we were on. Oh. He would have climbed any tree too. So. Yeah. That worked out in our favor. For, for sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely fun there. Well, Yosemite was, uh, I, I think, one of the best places uh, out in, in the central northern part of the state to see. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Well, then we, uh, the next morning, we decided we needed to head back. This is our long driving day. Long so we're heading day. back down to the Los Angeles area. It's really cool because we got to see, there were times where we, it was pitch black and night, and we would go inland and take more of the, the, the true freeway, and we didn't get to see parts of it. So we came down through sections that we hadn't seen on the northern route, mm-hmm. and on our southerly route, we got to see them during the day, and, and in that extremely windy area mm-hmm. uh, above Hearst Mansion and all that, 35 mile an hour, 40 mile an hour um, speed limit. But that was, that's after we left Monterey and we did go on back into Laguna Seca. We went through the main gates, asked around. They took us down. We went down to the, uh, I guess like the race fan, the, the um, kind of like the gift shop area, if mm-hmm. you will. And there was, was there a race that, that day? Not a major no, race. No, there was, but... the, the, as the, that nice lady at the shop, she said it was a, a not a non hot track day. So it was, they weren't even doing practice, but the next day they were going to have, um, oh. it was, I think uh, like vintage racing. So we saw a lot of uh, old vets, old Mustangs. And oh, people being coming in preparing for yeah, that. Motor homes everywhere mm-hmm. and getting ready for the next day for a vintage race. But though we didn't get to see anybody on the track, it's one of my favorite tracks, at least from what I've read about, what have I, I've enjoyed through uh, Forza on the Xbox, and it was neat to see it up uh, up close. We didn't get a chance to go up to the corkscrew turn because they closed the gates were locked, but we did get at least uh, to see WeatherTech from ground level. And that was mm-hmm. pretty fun. Absolutely. So you indulged me on that. So thank you. You're so welcome. So back to the 35 mile. I mean, those were some of those windy S turns were just constant S turns to the point where there was no straight road, and you're again cliffside. Yes, we're so we're back on US. Um, yeah, one. US one. Yeah. Such a beautiful drive going mm-hmm. down from um, San Fran- San Francisco back to LA. And on our way, we passed by the State Park. The Big Pfeiffer. Sur. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My goodness, those trees, biggest, most. Redwoods and Sequoia. The trunks are so large and just so brown and in the. In the the, the canopies, canopies are just so green. And it was amazing, too, for all the arid 
I mean, here in, in August, everything's so dried up. There's so many wildfires and things happening. But that was a, a bit that of an place oasis was rich. for 15 miles. Yes. It was just rich greens mm-hmm. and, and as you said, it was almost like fairy tale forest. Fairy tale forest. Mm-hmm. When as a child, when you think forest, I'm pretty sure we're thinking about Big Sur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was a special place. Yes. And that, actually, just to talk, I was making a list here because we're getting ready to, to do this tonight in the studio. I've so, this, just look, click through some of the towns we saw. Los Angeles, Santa Monica, Santa Barbara, San Jose, Santa Cruz, Malibu, Big Sur, Merced, San Francisco, Oakland, Cupertino, Modesto, Ox, Oxnard Beach, uh, Carmel-by-the-Sea, Monterey, Camarillo, Salinas, Yosemite National Park, Laguna Seca. I'd say we, we checked off some good, good places. I'd say so. So then we went down through um, Leffingwell Landing State Park, and that was the fun part. We just really, as a true road trip, if we saw something we wanted to do, we just pulled off, shut off the car, and did it. If the weather was getting a little blustery, because it was actually cool. Very cool. We put the top top down. It's like 60 degrees at some point. Yeah, put the top back on, button up, turn the heat on. Then if things were getting warmer, drop the top. And uh, cruising the sun again. But mm-hmm. it was, the weather did change and it was no humidity, which we certainly didn't Zero. miss from our East Coast oh, days. Oh, we did not miss the humidity. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But it was, I think it was Leffingwell where we got out and we said, okay, we've been looking at the ocean all week, but we haven't put our feet into the Pacific. So, Miss J, remember how we walked? <laughs> so we dared. <laughs> okay, everybody knows you don't get in Pacific Ocean it's water, so it's so cold. But, you know. That sand, I kept saying, it was like a litter box. It was. I, I felt like I was walking in a giant litter box. It had the same consistency, the same, same color. color. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wanted to scratch and <laughs> squat down, but I decided not to. <laughs> and it was cutting. So after a while, you walk in the sand, and it, it felt like glass. It went beyond the exfoliation. Yeah. Yes. It was really <laughs> quite tough to walk on. Uh-huh. And, but we did it. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. Went in Rome. And we knocked that out. Okay. And then we got down to, I guess it was uh, like the Camarillo, Oxnard area. We stayed uh, one more night and got ready for our, our flight out the next morning. And uh, we were in and around L.A. We were Sunset Boulevard. We were uh, along some of the uh, residential areas and what have you before we went back to LAX to turn in the Mustang convertible. And I think I mentioned at the beginning, but... Amazing in the sense that that vehicle averaged 28.9 miles to gallon, over 1,400 miles. Yes, I know it's a four-cylinder, but we had a lot of fun with it, and it, it certainly served us well. And um, Definitely the way to tour yes. the Pacific Coast Highway. When you can look up and see the blue sky and the clouds and look down to the ocean, mm-hmm. it's, it's the only way to go. Yep, agreed. And then thanks to United Airlines, we had a safe, smooth flight from LAX back to Dulles. Yep, safe and smooth. And they made they did their best to make sure people, that there were not a lot of people on our flight. I mean, it was, there were enough people. Mm-hmm. But um, even after everyone was loaded, then they went through and they made sure that people got spaced out as they needed to. And they did a great job, I felt. And they made sure to announce that, you know, um, Masks were required for the duration of the flight, except for if you are eat, eating or drinking, and then immediately you put it back on. Mm-hmm. And they were on it. Yeah, they were. Yeah. And there were some passengers behind us that we had had to remind. I had to remind, and yeah. then actually the, the flight crew did a good job of helping us uh, to remind police them. them, if you will. Yeah, but for the most part, everyone was compliant, and it made me feel very safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great trip. And in fact, this is probably a good time to. 
I give you the trivia answer before we, we log off here. And that is, I had asked, how long is the California one, the Pacific Coast Highway, through the Golden State? And the answer is this. It is 656 miles long. In fact, it is the longest state road, state route in the state of California. Uh, work on it began back in 1934, and it's been under construction and improved all along throughout. And there's parts of it where it's Route 101 and, and uh, Coastal Highway 1, the PCH, Pacific Coast Highway. But uh, it is the major route that runs north-south, and it is right along the Pacific coastline. And I have to say that it was a... a uh, a dream trip for me in the sense of a bucket list item. And I think that you, Miss J, feel the same way. That Absolutely. You really, to do it right, you've got to take a week and you've got to uh, see everything you want to see, recommend the whole either convertible or, mo or motorcycle or something, but just smell the smells and feel the air and just... Uh, just and the air is divine. It is. Very, very nice. When you get that Pacific breeze, mm, mm -hmm. it is just, just right. Well, that is uh, that is the, this week's episode. Thank you, Miss J, for being here in the studio with My me. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And uh, to mention too, I know because we were traveling, we did miss one of the Carlisle events shows. That was the Carlisle Truck Nationals, which ran from August seventh through 9th. We were on the road. Um, in fact, we got in late last night and didn't get a chance to get over there this morning. But uh, coming up, August fourteenth through sixteenth, I want to put a shout out to the Carlisle Import Performance Show. And that will be benefiting the Driven Cure. So next week, we'll be talking. Scott will be joining us. We're going to talk a little bit about the Courage Virtual Car Show and how, how well that went. And thanks to all those who participated. So join us next week for that. We are so fortunate to have you be part of the Cars of Carlisle family. And can't wait to have you join us again next week. So for now, on behalf of us, we'll say drive, drive well, well, be well, well take, take care. care.